it's always like real awkward sometimes. But tell us a little bit about yourself, man. I know you do a lot within the city. You're running your own company, running two companies now. Well, yeah, two basically. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself um, personally, like how this all started, what got you into being an entrepreneur and more. Yeah, so my name is Sam Lister, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, so I graduated high school in 2018, and I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial d- DNA. Um, I always tested different um, like entrepreneurial ventures throughout high school, throughout like my junior, senior year. I like dipped my toes into real estate a little bit, e-commerce, cryptocurrency, um, like forex trading really any way to make money. Um, so I really started all of that stuff, um, like the end of my junior year to beginning of senior year. Um, but I was documenting that journey through video, um, similar to what, what Gary V does. Um, so I, I found his, his content. Um, yeah, probably my junior year of high school. And ever since then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just film myself with my, with my phone and keep this long, like video diary and just tell my story and tell what I'm doing through video. Um, so fast forward to when I was graduating high school, I decided not to go to, um, college and just to make something work for myself. So at the time I was, I was doing video for a few months, um, started doing video in April of 2018 and then just on like Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, any, any social medias to publish them. Then I actually hopped over to LinkedIn, um, to do LinkedIn videos in August of 2018. And that's really when things started to, um, pop and spark. And I got, um, more views and more attention. And from there, people started reaching out to me to do videos for them. Um, through essentially a, like a freelance role. Um, and then from there, I just turned it into my own company and put all the money back in. And here we are one year later and I'm running with it. That's dope, man. I know everyone kind of has like one secular moment where they're just kind of like, I got to do something like I'm on. Like I can't see myself working for people long-term. Mm-hmm. You said that was kind of like your junior year. Was there any specific thing that, that sparked it? Yeah, so my... Um, a fellow named uh, Steve Glenn came into my business, like it is like a business marketing class, my junior year of high school. And he pitched this idea of um, like an innovation bridge. So it is essentially a summer camp for entrepreneurship and business to teach people, hey, this is what it's like in the real world of business. So I was super interested in that. So I got his business card my junior year of high school. And from there, I just kept up the... Um, kept up the connection. And, um, again, he was, he was like my first business connection. So, um, we still have a very, very good relationship to this day, th- three ish years later. Um, so he just got me connected with a few more people throughout the city, like Ivan Rahman and Joe Peschel with the commons. Um, and from there I just ran with it and tried to meet as many people as possible. And it's, it's just like sparked this love for connecting and networking and, like entrepreneurship in general. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of relates back to like my junior, second semester, junior year in business marketing class at, at Greendale High School. Dude, how, how, how important, how important is it to have, you know, a mentor? To yeah. Because it kind of seems like this guy was kind of like your mentor, like he kind of gave you that opportunity and it kind of sparked something in you to be like, hey, I want to, you know, start rolling with this. So how important mm-hmm. is a mentor to you and how important do you think a mentor is to other people that, you know, want to be in your shoes? Yeah, so it really depends on where you want to go. Um, I never really, like, viewed Steve as, like, a super, not legit mentor, but, like, he was just a really good sounding board of, hey, this is what I want to do. I might not 
want to go to school, what do you think? Um, so I've always kind of viewed him as like an informal mentor, but I think more importantly than a mentor is a good network. And how good is that mentor to connect you with the right people? So in the networking sense, I think that's everything. Like as cliche as the saying goes, it's like you you are like it's it's really about who you know. Um, so how many people do you know? But more importantly, how many people know you? Um, so I, men, mentors are important, but getting your your name out there and kind of taking that step in action yourself is, I think, more important. I agree. I think I, you said something that made a lot lot of sense. A lot of people say it's you know it's who you know it's who you know, but it's truly about the people who who know you. And that's it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's like every single job I've gotten basically is because of someone knew me and someone reached out to me and it's like, hey, this might be a good fit for you, X, Y, and Z. Uh, I don't want to hop into branding and social media and all that stuff too just yet because I do have a few questions about, you know, skipping out in college. Like I, I went to undergrad, I got my undergrad degree, I got my master's degree, and I think that was because that was something like I was taught like growing up. Was that something that was like pushed on you through like uh, your parents or anything else? So I have an older brother who went the traditional university route and he he was a very, very good student all through all through high school um, and all through really college. But he absolutely hated school. Good student, but did not like school. But he got far enough into the into the school system that he wasn't going to drop out. So I saw what he went through and my parents saw what he went through. So he was kind of like a guinea pig in a sense of going to college. So after seeing that, they're like, okay, Sam, I'm the middle child. So they're like, you have the choice. You can go to school or you you can't go to school. Um, so essentially they gave me one semester to prove to them that I don't need school. So I started Blank Slate Media uh, before the, the school year actually started. So that was before, I guess that was like a month after everyone started school. So that was in October of, of 2018. And then they realized, oh, maybe he can make money without school. And and I did. And I don't have to go back to school. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's really dope. I feel like a lot of parents say the only thing that they know is college, basically. So it's kind of like that traditional route. You go to high school, you get your high school diploma. After that, you go to college, join the workforce, do something else, or go back to school and do something. So that's really cool. Like your parents noticed that your brother was kind of like struggling. It's like, okay, maybe this may not be the best fit and kind of gave you that opportunity to just be like, hey, like do your thing. We're giving you X amount of time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and if it doesn't work out, you can go to college or, you know, congrats, it worked out. Do you feel like college is, you know, for everyone? No, not, not at all. Um, but college is for some people. Like it, it really depends on how you learn and how like self-motivated you are. Like, are you intrinsically motivated? Can you motivate yourself? Can you learn stuff yourself? And if the answer is yes, and if your pathway doesn't require college, which is a lot in the business field, then I would say at least try to take a break from college, like take a gap year, take two years off just to try to find yourself and figure it out. Like I, I do come from a fairly traditional family of uh, both my mom and dad went to school, um, but my my mom's mom and dad, so my my grandma and grandpa, they're, they're immigrants from the Philippines and they just worked their asses off to get to the States and Get their get their degree. They both went into medical, so doctor and nurse. Um, but their their route to get here is was crazy. Um, 
so they like college was it for them that's how that was their escape from from the philippines to come here and get their degrees so from two generations of hey i worked every like everything i had was for college and for to set my mom and dad up for hey you guys can go to college now um so it was crazy to kind of just take a step back like hey times are changing like you don't need college to do that. Obviously, if you're going into medical, you need college. Um, but they, I, I talked to them about it, and they were they were super understanding, which I'm which I'm forever grateful for. And then my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side, they never went to college, so it was kind of pulling on both directions. But um, if if you have results, and if you can prove to them, hey, I can make money and like build this brand or do whatever I want without college, just show them like everyone's going to be skeptical at first unless like you come from a super super entrepreneurial family which i did also um but yeah just prove to them hey i can make money without college and obviously money isn't the only thing but if you're not going to college you need to pay the bills too so i, I agree man I honestly like i wish i didn't go to college like i don't do any like i have an undergraduate wow. degree in i have an undergrad degree in criminal justice i'm not a fucking cop <laughs> Not at all. I have a master's degree in sports management, which I, I used, like, surprisingly. <laughs> like, I coached at Marquette University for two years. I coached track there. So that was, like, helpful, but it's not what I do now. People that I've worked with, some have just, like, a two-year degree. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, like, nuts. I'm, like, $80,000 in debt to not use either of my degrees. And for some people, like, it works out, but I felt like, I feel like, man, I could have probably just gone to, like, WCTC or... Uh, MATC, something like that, got a little two-year business degree and probably wouldn't be in any debt and be completely fine. And I look at my friends who, like one of my friends, he he's a barber and like a hairstylist at uh, NKG Barber. It's like in West Dallas or whatnot. And he was like, it was like, same thing with you. Like junior year, he was like, I knew what I wanted to do. It was like, I wanted to be a barber. And I'm like, man, like that's nuts. Like I had no clue what the hell I wanted to do going into junior year. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was a sophomore in college. So it's it's interesting that your family was super accepting about it. It's interesting that you kind of just like took that step and realized like, hey, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't something that's good for me. And you started your own business from it. So I have to have this kind of follow-up question. Like what would college have to be for you to attend? Or do you even see yourself attending college like somewhere down the line? I view myself before attending college creating my own university. So the, the, the short answer is no. Um, college, college is very beneficial to a lot of people because they lack the intrinsic motivation. They can't do things, I shouldn't say can't, but they, they're just not motivated enough to, um, I guess, take their, take their actions into their own hands and create, kind of create a path for themselves, which is completely fine. Like if the world was made up of all entrepreneurs, we'd, we'd be in trouble. Like that can't happen. And it's, it's very glorified right now. But for me to go to college right now, I don't know, like I just learned there's so much, there's so many resources outside of a traditional system. Um, that, that you can take advantage of YouTube, online courses, there's like, you can learn anything you want outside of like medical stuff, lawyer stuff, teacher stuff. Um, you can learn stuff like that, but obviously you still need a degree. Um, but it, it would need to move much, much faster. Um, it would need to be very current. They need to 
teach the current trends. Hey, what's going on with TikTok? How do we monetize that? How do we build a brand? What is a brand? So just like nitty gritty stuff like that. It's like the school system just simply moves too slow to adapt to those things. So if there is an education, um, I guess like curriculum or something, which a lot of entrepreneurs are creating now, like Tom Bilyeu is a, is a great example of that. He just launched, I think it's called uh, Impact University. And he has, a, he has a health course and he has a business course. And he just goes into, hey, this is how you can change your mindset and affect your mindset. Um, and then here's how you can grow a business. So stuff like that, just more real life situations that actually benefit you in the real world um, is what it would take for me to go um, to a traditional university and probably have it free. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you did not mention the price. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, like, if it was so much cheaper, I would definitely, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I would go to college for free. But, like, but right now, someone would need to pay me to go to college. Yeah, like I've I've talked to other universities. I'm talking to MSOE uh, next Friday um, to a class of juniors and seniors about branding and marketing. It's like, okay, I didn't. I never went to school, and like, I, yes, I maxed out like the business classes at my high school, but it didn't teach me any of this. But I just learned it on YouTube and learned by actually doing and executing. Um, so I've I've also done the same with um, a class of Marquette. They had like a like a marketing and branding class. And I talked to a bunch of Marquette seniors. So it's, it just shows like if you are self-motivated and if you can teach yourself, like that's how you really grow. I think that's the only way you can grow at this time, honestly, is because college is for everybody. Just like you said, there's so much out there where if you can build your brand properly, you can make more money doing that than what some people make coming out of college, like hands down. And I feel like you said, like, if someone had that uh, current curriculum where, you know, maybe there's like a podcasting class or maybe, you know, building a personal brand cast, God damn, class, something like that, it would make a little bit more sense than what college is right now. We're, they're teaching them the old ways of business, yeah. things that just don't exist anymore. And I talked to, to Izzy about this as well, where it's kind of like what you guys are doing, like you're doing it right. Like there's a reason why companies that have marketing departments are hiring pretty much another marketing firm to come in and do their marketing for them. It's like, why don't they just get like clean the house, get rid of all these baby boomers, whatever generation that they are that think that they know marketing and bring some young, young people in that can innovate, that know how to speak to people that are, that are our age instead of like 50, 56 year olds trying to communicate with us. Like we don't get it. Like it's just, uh, I don't want to happen to like social already, but we talked a little bit about uh, social communication, whether social selling, how people can do it on LinkedIn, where it's just kind of like, hey, check out this, check out this, or sending an in-mail, which is pretty much like a cold call or a cold email. But the way that you guys do it, it's like, let me show you this personal experience to bring you in the door or to get you to buy this. And that's the key. And I feel like so many people are missing that. And that's where you're capitalizing. And I feel like that's what separates you from everyone else. And all these other marketing companies, all these other marketing departments within big companies, XYZ, if you can teach yourself that, you can crush it. And I feel like people who don't go to school are sometimes ahead of people who go to school. Because honestly, you can go get a job in a marketing department right now. Yep. without having a degree, yep. just based off your experience. Yeah. 
But before, I absolutely couldn't. Yeah, so before, like, yeah. I need to make my own. <laughs> yep. You have to gain that experience first. And you're not going to gain the experience in college. No. You're sitting there learning. Yeah. You're not doing anything. Yeah. So what? You get a shiny piece of paper yeah. and a, a piece of debt that's worth $60,000. Pat, yeah. pat on the back. Congratulations. Now work yep. and learn. And now you're behind the pack. But now, but now it's hard to even get the experience because you you have this degree, but no real world experience. So how do I even get that real world experience? Like, it's it's just so backwards. Like if, and obviously, like some programs are amazing. Like the student run business program at Marquette, for example, they work. They have blue and gold ventures, so they have their own like venture capital system in within the within the school, and they they definitely help startups grow and student startups grow and. They have access to capital to a to a certain extent, so um, it's just really about utilizing college. It's like again, we we talked about not everyone needs college, but how do you utilize it? And and that's that's the important part. I'll say this just because I worked at Marquette, I do appreciate everything that they actually do for the students. Like they they try to be a lot more current than most universities. Like I went to UWM as well. So it's like, I, I see what their business school is like. And then I see what Marquette's business school is like and the students who go to their business school. And it's like, damn, like they actually like care. Cause like everything you listed, like Forex, um, that, that's how you say it, right? Forex and uh, all that stuff. Like the kids like in the track team were like into that. They were like going to all the seminars. Like some of them are like doing it. So it's kind of like, at UWM, there's nothing like that whatsoever. There's not even that community there. So maybe it was good you didn't go to college, man. Where where would you have gone? Um, or did you not probably, even like probably look? Waukesha? So I I didn't even I I applied to Waukesha, got in. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was just because it was the cheapest option. I would have just commuted um, just to tell my guidance counselors, yeah, I applied for college, so I didn't have to have this talk with them. And then, like, second semester, junior year came around, and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to school. So I didn't pay for anything. I, I paid for some, like, AP credits and stuff, so um, I knew I wasn't going to go to school, though, so my, my AP exams were just a joke. I, just, I, like, turned it in, like, 15 minutes, and it's, like, an hour and a half exam, but it's, like, I'm not going. Like, I already paid for these. Like, I, like there's no way I'm going. Yeah, at least, um, at least you're smart, man, taking AP classes. I was in all the regular classes. Yeah, like, I, I really only <laughs> took, I think, like, two APs, but we have – Greendale had this CAP credit. Um, yeah, you know about that? Yeah. So it's, like it, – they're college credits, but they're not AP classes. So I took a lot of those and paid for them. So that's like that, like my junior and senior year. Um, I had quite a bit of like college credit, but I obviously never used it. Gotcha. Yeah, man. I, I went to high school for track. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was it. I yeah. just ran and yep. played. What did you just run? went there for sports. 100, 200 short sprints, man. Nice. Likewise. Yeah. <sighs> man, I miss, I miss it. Because I did, I've done it for so long. I ran in college. I ran a year after college. Got to travel a little bit with that, which was cool. I've coached since 2010. Even like when I was in college, I was coaching. And now it's like, oh, I coach high school. That's cool. But it's like the day I put a hung up my spikes. I didn't even tell anyone. I'm just like, man, I'm done competing. Like I can't do this anymore. And like sometimes I look back and I'm just like, damn, I kind of miss this track. Damn, I want to show these kids up. <laughs> Dude, I'll run with them sometimes too. And I'm yeah. like, gosh, like I'm fat and not, I guess you said I'm not old. So I guess I'm just fat. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll be like running. Fat. I'm like, Dude, this is easy. Like pick it up. And I'm yeah. kids are like falling in the back of the pack. And I'm like, Oh my God. 
I'll like yeah. jog back with them and I'm like, lift your knees, lift your knees. <laughs> That's funny. And they're just dying. And I'm like, gosh. Yeah, my track team sucked. We so I was a big baseball guy and I really just joined track in high school to like get fast for baseball. But then I'm like, oh, this is actually really fun. We like Greendale always like Greendale's track team always sucked. We were always tiny. Like we had good athletes, but like obviously it's a team sport as like people think it's oh, it's the only individual. So we had like guys who would place in like every meet. Like our our sprinters would get like top three typically, but like that's it. Maybe a few distance runners would get like, oh, I got like second in the eight hundred, but we we were ass. But it was super fun. Like we like track was like what my like best times in like high school because like the me too would just like fool around and stuff so i never really took it super seriously um like pretty much accidentally made it to state my senior year in our four by two accidentally so that, that was funny <laughs> like the we had a we had a pretty quick freshman who we didn't run all year even though i like i wanted to run him uh, so it was two seniors junior and a freshman um and we've always lacked like the the third leg and we put him in in conference and we we like just barely made it into um we we probably got like fourth in conference which our conference sucked so that wasn't impressive at all then we made it to um regionals we got like third in regionals miracle we shaved like two or three seconds off four by two which is that's solid. a lot man <laughs> then then we made it to sectionals then we got we shaved another like three seconds off of sectionals and we got second. So we shaved like six to seven seconds off in two meets and then made it to state, then got absolutely destroyed. Dude, it's handoffs. <laughs> like, dude, it's handoffs. If you get the handoffs down, yeah, then, like we're, we're we just got handoffs on lock. We're like, guys, we are not the fastest team, but if we can get handoffs, I think we have a chance. Dude, and and like we a, made it. So it is a fun experience. Complete opposite story for me. I played baseball my entire life. Okay. Like my entire life. And I quit mm -hmm. baseball to run track. Okay. Yeah. It was like freshman year and we were like crazy story. Like I ran at state freshman year. Yeah. And the four by one, I anchored it. Really? I have no, dude, scariest moment of my entire life. <laughs> you remember John Clay? John Clay. He was like the Badgers running back. Maybe like yeah. when you were in middle school. Yep. Totally. Big dude. Massive, right? Yeah. So I didn't know I was running at whatsoever. And our high school was like super weird. Ninth grade was at a different school. 10, 11, 12 was in the high school. So everyone was like, oh, you're running this weekend. Like the teachers were like joking around and shit. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going. I'm going to hang out. Yeah. Why not? I get to the, to the, they pick me up to take me to the high school so we can, you know, catch the bus there. And the coach is like, yeah, so you're running. And I'm like, what's, why? What do you mean? And he was like, well, Dumbass over here twisted his ankle playing softball last night. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, I got <laughs> and it. And then the day, the day of, I like look to my right and I just see this dude who's like 6'2", 250. And I'm like, how's it going, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ended up beating them. And my coach is like, dude, you just raced somebody that's going to be in the NFL. And I'm like, what? Like, who is he? He's like, that's John Clay. And I'm like, oh. Shit, that's nuts. Long story short, he was Badgers running back, playing in the NFL for maybe like one season. But yeah, just had to tell that story. Just but you beat I him quit. in track. Yeah, I beat him in track just because I quit yep. baseball for track. Now one of my friends, like he made it to like the MLB. We were like neck, like we were like the best friends that mm -hmm. always like competed yeah. like 24-7. That's awesome. Yeah, but back to this, side mark. <laughs> <laughs> so when, you know, building blank state media, 
what kind of steps did you take? Was it just kind of like a do it? Or? Yeah, it was absolutely bootstrap do it. I never wanted to start uh, a video agency, but then I got my first client in um, September of 2018 and then just put all that money back into the company. And that was just through like my brand on LinkedIn. So I was only creating on, on LinkedIn for a few weeks then. And then just like kind of like a mutual connection. Uh, Joe Peschel reached out to me and said, yo, I like what you're doing on LinkedIn. I've seen you grow pretty quickly. Can you help me do this? So at the time I was just filming with my iPhone and iPhone and AirPods and that was it. So he asked me and I'm like, uh, sure. I don't, I don't have a camera. I don't really know how to produce videos, but then he took that, took that chance in me and, um, I bought my first camera with that contract and then just invested all the money back into the company. I was like, okay, time to learn how to use the camera. And so it was all just self-taught and I just kept learning and kept testing and kept creating. Um, and just from there, it's it's grown and grown and grown. Uh, so we worked with a few like Fortune 500 companies this year. Um, so it's it's been an absolute ride. But yeah, just very bootstrapped, very self-taught. I uh, didn't really have any plans on going into this before. And it was just like, oh, I'll just take these opportunities and see how far it can take yeah. me. When did you graduate high school, man? Uh, 2018. 20, okay, gotcha. So I was going to say. June, June of 2018. Gotcha. So, so this, this was like the next fall. So like yeah. what would be going into my freshman year of uh, college. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Damn, that's actually pretty quick, man. Were there any kind of like fail? So your parents kind of gave you that one semester time mark. Mm -hmm. You know, were there any like failed ideas, like business ideas oh, that you kind of like tens, started? Tens of thousands like, of oh. dollars of my own money uh, on different ventures and I've all failed. Uh, so like I would... Like I, I worked my ass off like all through high school. Like I got a job at 14 and just like every single paycheck would just put 90% of it into different investments, different cryptocurrencies, different Forex trading, options trading, real estate courses, e-commerce, like Shopify stuff and drop shipping and just spent hours and hours testing that and saving up money to do it again, saving up money and doing it again. Um, so my, my senior year was actually ridiculous so i like in winter i ran a snow park at the rock snow parks um so i was like in charge of the jumps and rails and stuff for the snowboarders and the skiers and i i probably worked like 40 50 60 hour weeks still in high school on top of track and again i just put all that money back into testing new things and that is probably cryptocurrency at the time ask me how those investments are doing <laughs> not good but they were all a learning lesson. So yes, I've I've spent like thousands of dollars testing these things, which were was a lot for a 17, 18 year old. Um, it's still a lot to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I put everything into these and nothing really worked because I was only focused on making money. Um, but as soon as I stopped focus on, focusing on solely making money and actually doing stuff I like, which was video at the time, it still is, then I started making money. So I think that's, I think a lot of people can, can learn from you. A lot of people kind of like, they start a business, mm -hmm. they make a few bucks mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm going out with this money or I'm spending it on this, or I made this money so I can purchase this item or this item. Like, I feel like people need to really learn to invest in themselves yeah. at the beginning and kind of like build off of that. Because if you, you know, you can shoot video. Great. Awesome. That's cool. But if you're not investing that money you're getting from shooting these videos back into the company, yeah. you can't afford, you know, that new Sony camera, that new Canon camera, camera. Like you can't. And then that's, I feel like there's always a battle of quality over quantity. Yeah. And I feel like quality right now 
is somewhat winning that battle. No one's going to watch, you know, this podcast or any videos that you shoot if it's still on an iPhone 7. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, it's a super interesting conversation to have. It's like, okay, then the conversation is how do we put out quality content at scale? Yes. And those are the people who win. But, like, people don't understand, like, how expensive running a business is. Like, people ask all the time, like, oh, oh, how much money are you making? You making a lot of money? I see you're traveling everywhere. It's like, okay, every dime is going back into the business. I'm not paying myself. Yes, I'm paying for food and to live. But on top of that, it's like everything I have is going towards this. Like, and people, people don't really see that. No, so, I don't think people will ever see that. They yeah. just see, it's just like Instagram. It's yep. just, a, it's a highlight <laughs> reel. Yeah. And what you do and like what, it's the same thing, like what you show on Instagram, it's a highlight reel. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you speaking, you doing this, you doing that, but that's what you have to show. You know what I mean? To show that you are successful. But one thing that people don't see is like the grind behind the scenes. And you show that as well too, or like people around you would document that and put it out, which I feel like is pretty amazing. I just feel like entrepreneurs these days need to kind of change their mindset, plain and simple. Um, next question. Um, geez, which is where, if I can read my handwriting, it'd be a lot easier. Oh, yeah. It's kind of just still about the company. You know, what What does Blank Stake Media do pretty much to separate itself from other, you know, companies in the marketplace? Because the marketplace now is, it's starting to get... Not saturated, mm -hmm. but, you know, you see more and more companies like this starting to pop up. Yeah. Yeah. So Blank Slate Media is super, super interesting. And I started it just really built on a personal brand. And I guess that's kind of what separates us. We're by no means a huge production company. And that's not the direction I'm taking it. That's not the direction I want to take it. Um, so just this level of like, hey, it's it's personality. Like people know what they're getting into before they even know what Blank Slate Media is. They know, oh, Sam's behind this because of the personal brand. And I feel like within like small agencies, people doing um, Facebook and Instagram ads, people doing other videography stuff or um, photography stuff, people people don't build their brand first. And that's the exact opposite of what I've done. I've made sure to focus on building, quote unquote, my personal brand and getting my name out there. So I think that's what separates us. A lot of people try to do the reverse and say, hey, here's my business. Here's I don't, video media, whatever you call it. Um, no one cares about video media. Who is running it? Like, so that's, I guess that's what separates us. Like, they, people know who runs it, who's a part of it. Um, same, same with the uh, Misfit Boys um, and girl. Shout out Tess. But, uh, but yeah, they, they're amazing at building their personal brands and people buy into that. Like people buy from people. People don't necessarily buy from businesses right away. I agree. I completely agree. Man, that's so insightful. I feel like that's one thing that I personally have like struggled with, like just in general, just like building a personal brand. It's Personally, for me, like I've had social media pretty much my entire life. And I feel like I was way more active on social media when I was younger. And then all of a sudden, it slowly just like trickled away. Like I'm posting a photo and like every other month or like, you know, every two months or something like that. And I'm more just, you know, consuming social media instead of like trying to like build. And that's something I've been like personally working on myself. It's a struggle. Like it is. A, and it takes time. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and dedication. Um, you, you spoke, one thing we, we, we said just not too long ago was how you can build quality content on scale. Um, 
you know, you've hired a few people. Has that helped you, helped you accomplish that? Um, yeah, the, the conversation between quality and quantity is super, super interesting. We see characters like Gary Vee producing an obscene amount of content at scale, but it's actually bringing value. So the question is, how do you bring value at scale? And I've gone back and forth between, hey, all of these videos need to be shot with professional mic, professional equipment in a studio, professionally lit versus, hey, I'm on my phone on the go. And I've tested both of them and like, it really goes down, comes down to the message. Like, I, I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit because like, I think quality content, that's how you really stand out, but it depends on the area of, of expertise. If you're selling video, yes, they, they better be pretty damn, damn high end and high quality, but maybe you're not selling video and you're selling life insurance, but you create some really high quality content about insurance and insurance mistakes or accounting tips like it goes back and forth but from a quality content at scale standpoint outsource your work so I handle a lot of um, the filming but then I also have a main filmer and I have a whole editing team uh, behind me so I don't edit any of my videos anymore and I just send send it to um, to my team and they just handle everything I get it in one two days um, so that's that's how I um, create quality content at scale or at least trying to so outsource your work don't be afraid to let other people control like creative things about your editing and stuff and I feel like that's the um that's the problem with a lot of creators they say oh my style can't be replicated like all right then teach someone how to replicate it it's that simple like so so it's a super interesting conversation but simple answer is outsource your work and it will save you so many hours and headaches and stress <laughs> that's a good plan man one day I'm gonna start outsourcing this podcast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doing this string of the video, it's uh, stressful. <coughs> yeah. But uh, I think that, that kind of comes in time. I had a question, too, that kind of, like, followed that up, but it just totally uh, left my mind. So I kind of want to hop into social media. You, you've you kind of made your name, and I personally found you on LinkedIn. I have no clue who you were. Like, uh, this was maybe about – so this was 2018, for sure. This was probably around this time, 2018, where you kind of, like, popped up in my feet. And I'm like, I'm not following this person, not 100% sure, you know, who he is. Um, but I've kind of like followed your journey through LinkedIn. Cause it was like, okay, this is an interesting video. And it was like the same time Q started popping up on, yeah. on my LinkedIn as well. I'm like, okay, some, some people are, you know, doing something a little different, moving around. And at first I'm just kind of a little skeptical about it. Yeah. And I'm like, so like LinkedIn's for this. And like, and I'm like, ah, seeing a lot more people post videos now. Like, Oh, this is something that's interesting. Uh, I want you to just talk about LinkedIn, honestly, because it's known as a resume platform. What inspired you to just be like, F it. I'm going to post a video on here and see how it goes. Yeah. Q. Really? Quentin Ellums. Um, so he he was one of the first uh, video movers on the platform in 2017, I believe. Um, that's when LinkedIn released video. So he was he was one of the early, or probably top like five in the world, um, the first five in the world to hop on LinkedIn video. So then a year later, um, in fall of 2018, um, again, what was my first client, um, he connected me with Q and Q said, yo, like I've seen, seen some of your stuff on Instagram. Joe has told me a lot about you. You need to hop on this LinkedIn video stuff. And so I was already creating videos on, um, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, any other platforms besides LinkedIn, like 
exit story play. Like I hated LinkedIn before I hopped on. Like I was a part of a startup that would essentially destroy quote unquote LinkedIn. Like we wanted to make a better LinkedIn platform for younger people, um, like high school, college students that didn't have a professional background. So it's not like, oh, I've always been on LinkedIn. No, like I hated LinkedIn first. And when he said like, dude, you need to hop on. I'm like, Mm, I don't know about that. But once I did and I saw the level of engagement that was on the platform, I was like, oh, there's opportunity here. So I, I just kept consistent and um, kept kind of just telling my story through LinkedIn videos. And fast forward to a year or so later, like I've released like hundreds of videos on the platform and I get messages every day like, yo, I've been following you since like long haired Sam days and that was last fall. Um, so it's it's cool how you're constantly telling your story. Um, and if you are just authentic to your audience and just truly documenting like your journey and what you go through, people are attracted to that because your like your story is ever changing and all it's always ongoing. Um, so how can I get people in? How can I get people hooked to my story? And that's kind of like what fascinated me about LinkedIn because people really care on the platform. And I stood out a little bit. Uh, LinkedIn is a generally older platform. So being super young, I stood out. The same opportunity with like TikTok right now, it's super young. So if you are a little older, you stand out. And that's that only works to your advantage. I agree. It's, it's so interesting, man. I did this kind of... Uh comparison, like just blind comparison, just on myself. I was kind of curious because I keep hearing like, okay, growth on TikTok, TikTok is like amazing. And it's like, all right, well, a few weeks ago, I posted just like a, just a snippet of one of my podcasts on there. And I posted the same snippet the same day on my Instagram page. And it's like, okay, just like looking at the views I'm getting on TikTok compared to like what I'm getting on Instagram. And then, like, you can run ads behind it or whatnot and see how many people are, like, how long they're actually viewing, like, the video. Mm-hmm. So I ran, like, a $5 ad. On TikTok? At, uh, no, on Instagram. On Instagram? Okay, yeah. And I kind of, like, went into, like, the Facebook ad manager and kind of, like, yep. looked at how long were people watching the video. It's, like, three seconds. This yeah. is a minute video. Yeah. So it's, like, okay, on TikTok, on that same day, I got, like, five followers. Yeah. On Instagram, zero. Yeah. And I ended up having more views on TikTok than running a $5 ad on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. And I think like taking advantage of like platforms like that when they're in the, when they're in their infancy basically, and they're growing and you know, they're in their infancy when it's like, you want to beta test the app yeah, and they give you like a test flight code and you can download it on test flight and test like, yeah, that's how you know it's still kind of like growing. So yeah, I'm, I'm pissed. I started create like my first video on TikTok was January 7th, 2019. So January of this year. And like, I just didn't stay consistent. I'm just like kicking myself because like now it's at the mainstream, but 11 months ago, no one knew about it. So I'm like, damn it. I was early, but I didn't stay consistent, which is obviously a lesson learned. Like if you are, if you are a first mover, don't be afraid. If you're the only one, like stay consistent and stay, stay true to what you're doing. But like the, the growth opportunities on there is insane. Dude, it's huge. Insane. And you said something about consistency. Um, how do you split up your time between all the social media apps that are out right now? Um, 80, 80, 20 rule. So where do like, 
twenty percent of the uh, of the platforms result in eighty percent of the results. Um, so that's LinkedIn for me. LinkedIn is just one social media platform, but it's um, it's where all of my results come from. So I need to spend most of my time on LinkedIn because that is how I make money. And then uh, with the with the remainder of the time, I'm testing different platforms. Right now, it's largely TikTok, TikTok, Instagram. I'm going YouTube and podcasts very shortly here. Um, but yeah, just testing a bunch of different, different platforms. But LinkedIn is definitely the main driver. Awesome. I, I have... We, we kind of spoke about this a second ago, too, just about, you know, uh, social selling. How do you feel about companies leveraging individuals LinkedIn? Like, so how do you feel about companies leveraging their employees LinkedIn to sell their product? I love it. It's it goes back to like personal branding and like humanizing your business in a sense. Again, people want to buy from people. People trust people. People don't always trust businesses. So how do you get people at scale to trust your business? It's okay, let's get other people to trust our people at scale. And that's that's how you grow. So I, I love when businesses leverage their employees like personal brands. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I'm kind of like up in the air about yeah. it. Because well, like what I said before, it's just kind of like figuring out the correct way to do it. Yeah, obviously there's right ways to do it. There's wrong ways to do it. But you just really need to test. Look at like a company like VaynerMedia with Gary. He can charge probably five to six times higher. And we're talking two, three, four hundred thousand dollar gigs. Maybe he can charge a million for this gig and completely like get away with it because of his brand. But without Gary Vaynerchuk, VaynerMedia would still be in a pretty badass media agency, but they might not be able to charge the highest amount because they don't have that personal brand driving them. So I just go back, obviously that's an extreme example, but I think it's one of the best examples um, that on top of how much he's making from his personal brand. Like there's there's no way like Gary V as a personal brand is making less than VaynerMedia. For, like Gary is definitely paying himself more through oh, yeah. his personal brand than being the CEO of, of Vayner. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I have two, actually, yeah, I have two quick questions. Yes. Um, three, I'll say three, because something's going to pop up in my head, as, of <laughs> course, as usual. Um, self-motivation, you know, owning your own business, you know, how do you keep yourself constantly motivated to create content? Yeah, um, I don't. Like, there's, there's definitely times, like, right now is kind of a time it's like, all right, I don't really know what to create. I've kind of realized like, not that I've been superficial and like fake to my audience, but since since the start, since around last year, it's like, okay, I'm creating these daily videos, but am I going deep enough on these videos? Like I've found myself just kind of covering surface level topics with these videos. So I've been, I've been actually really struggling lately of, Hey, what, what new direction do I want to take with videos? Um, but I think taking a step back and thinking about that once in a while is super important because like, it's easy to get caught up in go, go, go hustle every day and just be blind to like what you're doing. So I've been trying to take more time and just be very like thoughtful about, Hey, what content am I creating? Um, so how do you how do you stay motivated? Like, I just I just link it back to someone out there needs this message, and if I'm not providing that message, and if I'm not telling my story, I'm 
it, that's unfair to other people. Like I got this amazing DM today from a, from a kid two years younger than me that we went to the same school together. And he just DM me like, hey, dude, like I see what you and Tyler are doing, which is my main filmer. Like you guys like are my inspiration. Like I'm going through like some tough stuff right now. I just wanted to say like, thank you for your content. It's like that right there. I'm like, you never know who's watching. So I guess that's why I, why I keep creating to, to help other people because you never know what, what they're going through. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that, man, because I feel like people kind of like in your shoes or people who create content they don't think a lot about, you know, who their conflict content is impacting. They just kind of like, oh, I'm creating content for myself. And I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like you are, but I'm pretty sure like you responded to that person and be like, Hey man, like, thank you. Those are like some really kind words, X, Y, Z. And even the people who I feel like people who aren't doing that take notice because if you don't respond, sometimes you may have lost someone. Like, that person may not look at your videos. Oh, this person's stubborn. Like, whatever, you won't respond to me. And they, I'm pretty sure most people understand, like, okay, this person's busy sometimes. But I feel like having that constant communication with your fans. Like, I'm pretty sure if someone comments on a photo or comments on a video, you're not just going to be like, all right, that's cool. They said they liked it. You're probably going to respond back to me. Like, or even, like, like, you don't have to respond back. You could just like it. And that could make that person's day, make a huge impact on that person as well. Yeah. Um, you said something about hustle culture. Hustle culture, hustle this, porn. Yeah, dude, we live I in this society, like this culture where it's just like it's always you got to be doing something. You got to like you mm-hmm. like if you're not doing anything, you're wasting your time. What's your ideas on that? Fuck that. Yeah. Because because I've gone through exactly that. Like this past year, I've just had my head down and I've just worked my ass off, which which you will not be successful without working your ass off, without putting in ridiculous amount of hours. But on in the same breath, you need to take time for yourself to actually look up and see, okay, what am I building? Who am I affecting? Where are my relationships in life at? Like this past year has been, or this past month has been uh, a rough one for me. Um, just like personally, like I've, I've realized, yeah, I've like this past year, I've been just so hard and in my own head of, I need to build this now. I need to work these 14, 15, 16 hour days every single day. And, and my relationships have like fallen off from that. So this past, past month, I've, I've been trying to take more time for myself, take two hours a day, like from like 5am to 7am or 5am to 8am to make sure my mind's right. Um, and it's so, so important to take that time off to make sure you are okay. And you're putting your own oxygen mask on first, but then also the relationships around you is okay. And we see it so much of, um, people just getting wrapped up in their work, which is super easy, especially if you love your work, it's easy to put in 16, 17 hour days and just blink and they're done. It's like, oh, I worked 16 hours today. I got up at 5 a.m. and going to bed at 10 or 11. Like this was just a day. But then did you call your mom? Did you call your dad? Or do you have brothers or sisters or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is? Like, how are they doing? So just taking a step back and kind of removing yourself from hustle culture every once in a yeah. while and stopping and smelling the roses. So that's been something super important for me uh, recently, just because it's like, I'm in a unique position. I'm not going to school. I don't have a traditional life in that sense of, hey, I see other kids my age every day. So again, taking a step back and saying, okay, I can 
take time off of work and it's okay. Um, and it's not like the world's going to burn because I missed a day of yeah. work or I only worked seven hours today. Like it's, it's not going to affect it that much and like, it'll just benefit you in the long run. Yeah. It's just like companies give you PTO. Like yeah. if you own a business, you got to give yourself some PTO as well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Last question, man. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you to be successful? And how are you managing that pressure? Yes, yes and no. I put a lot of pressure on myself, a lot of pressure, like probably an unhealthy amount of pressure. And I've like dealt with like burnout and like anxiety and like this is the most stressed I've ever been in life. It like, yes, it's a good stress. And like, I am forever grateful that I can put the stress on myself. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's very easy to compare yourself with others. And, um, I don't have a great way to deal with stress and stuff besides taking the time off. Um, again, it's, like going back to hustle culture, like it's easy to put that pressure and compare yourself with other entrepreneurs. Oh, this, this 17, 18 year old entrepreneur is building all of this. He already has a million dollar business. Why don't I? And it's very easy to make that comparison. Um, but just taking time off and just breathing once in a while and say like, okay, I like, you can't, you can't compare yourself with, with the other runner in the race. You have no idea how long he's been running for or like what his background is. And, um, I guess just like digging deep and realizing, yo, just stop comparing yourself to anyone else because you just need to run your own race. So I just go back to that fact of like, if I feel like if I'm putting like a lot of pressure on myself, it's like, dude, you're okay. Breathe, go for a walk outside, take deep breaths. And like, you're fine. Like the world isn't burning around you. And just like, think about like the things you're, you're grateful for. I think, um, it, it just really helps to just ground yourself. So awesome, man. That's, you're a very well-spoken young man. Thank you, I feel sir. like your grandpa saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, you are. And I appreciate you, you know, taking time to do this. Thank especially you. Especially, I mean, we've had some conversations where, you know, you had some things going on and, just trying to get everything straight. So I appreciate you very much for doing this. Um, and I'll end with this. Do you have anything that, you know, I didn't bring up that you want to speak a little bit more on, or do you have any questions for me? Let's see. What's next for you? This man just kind of focusing on this for a little bit, starting to create, start to create more content. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it's hard when you don't have a cameraman, but <laughs> typically my fiance like helps me out and like does the cameras and stuff sometimes. Okay. But, uh, yeah, she works in she works in the medical field. So okay. you know how that schedule is. Yep. Just wild twenty four seven. Yeah, I bet. Um so yeah, that's that's what's really next for me, man. Just really start to build like my personal brand, taking some cues from like you, all the guys over at Misfit, and just kind of like starting to curate that a little bit more. And yeah. Try to take this to the next level, honestly. It's all about testing. Like you yeah. you never know what's right or wrong. And you like not even just from a content standpoint, but in life, it's like Okay, do I go to college? Do I start my business? Maybe they're super small decisions. Do I go out tonight? Do I stay in and work? You never know what the right decision is, what yep. the wrong decision is. You just know a decision. So make the decision. Then if it doesn't pan out, try the different one the next time. Like yeah. People just get wrapped up in in starting. And I think just, just starting is the first step. And that's the hardest step for sure. Um, but just keep testing. Like with, with everything yeah dude i agree i mean that's this whole podcast is the test yeah like realistically it was just like one day man i 
Like I'm big into shoes. Like mm-hmm. really, really big into shoes. Like I uh, see the parlays. Thank yeah. you for saving the earth. Yeah, trying to man <laughs> save the planet one plastic bottle at a time. Mm-hmm. But uh, donate I, to I, Team Trees. Twenty million trees. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, Mr. Beast. I hope you're watching this. Probably not. But uh, yeah, donate. But, uh, <laughs> so I've just been into shoes for like a super long time. Trust me, this is gonna wrap in. But uh, hit something on sneakers app. Nike MCA off white off white Air Force Ones mm-hmm. flipped them for eighteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Bought everything that you see. Yep. Well, besides the camera, bought that little one. But I've had like all the little stuff and like bought all this. It's like and I was just like, huh, like fuck, man. Like I, I'm tired. Like I'm yep. exhausted. Like for me, like I always perform better at work mm-hmm. when I have something to look forward to, mm-hmm. or like when I'm doing something that that I enjoy. And it's like for some, I talk to people for a living. Yeah. Like I. I talk to people I don't know for a living, like plain and simple. It's like, mm-hmm. why can't I talk to someone I may be interested in and kind of like build off of that? Yeah. So that's just do it. Like you have any crazy idea, anything you think you might want to be successful at, anything you might want to do, just do it. And if not, it doesn't work out. You can sell everything <laughs> that you invested in and maybe lose a little bit of money, but you won't lose that experience that you gain from just trying. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's all I got. People don't, people don't understand, like you need, like, especially in the creative realm. Like I talked to so many like senior portrait photographers. It's like, okay, they're making 300 bucks a shoot, which is, which is good money to a lot of people. A lot of them are younger kids, but it's like, then they take that money and go buy Air Force Ones or something or go buy whatever. And they don't invest it back into themselves. It's like, guys, you need to take all of that money and invest in yourself. Like yeah, my buy first, a new lens. <laughs> yeah. Like my first contract was a was a four month five thousand dollar deal. And like that money didn't hit my hit my pockets. Like I invested a hundred percent of that back into the company. And like now you sit here one year later and I have like, okay, I look at my gear. It's like, all right, I got sixty grand worth of gear and I'm 18, 19, 20 years old. But you just need to put everything back into your back back into your company. But then make sure you have money in case fires happen and stuff. Yeah. Um, but people just don't understand the investing in yourself, um, I guess, like aspect of things. Like I, I had this super, like, I don't even know what, it was probably earlier this year. Um, again, I'm, I was big into investing into stocks and stuff. So I had a, had a nice portfolio of, of a few um, stocks just I invested in like high school and stuff. But I was just like on the fence of buying a new camera and I asked my dad like, Hey, like, what do I do? I, I need this new camera for a shoot. Yes, I can make the money back, but like, I'm a little low on cash right now. And he's like, why don't you take money out of your investment portfolio and invest in this? It's like, you're investing into other companies. You're investing into Jeff Bezos's Amazon and stuff before investing in yourself. And I just like took a step back. I'm like, wow, dad, like, so I pulled all of my investments everywhere and invested into myself. And that's what you need to do. Like, again, he's a financial planner. And like, he was like, dude, pull your investments. You're investing into other people before yourself. And that was just a huge wake up call of like, oh, this is legit. Like you need to invest in yourself. Like, yes, I could put this money into a Roth IRA account or an investment account or buy 40 shares of Tesla, whatever it is. But it's like, that's investing into other people before yourself. Yeah. So invest in yourself, time and money. I and agree. then you see growth. Cool, man. I cool. appreciate you. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? Oh, man. And, and what is happiness? <sighs> Dude, this is nuts. Someone asked me this question. Uh, I did a podcast with uh, 
Brad Summers. He owns like, have you heard of Top Line Gym? Yep. Yeah, I went to high school with that dude. Um, he was a little bit before me, but we went to the same okay. high school. We went to the same two colleges. Really? Yeah. Like I went to Concordia freshman year yeah. and then I moved to UWM. He okay. went to UWM and then moved to Concordia. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what is happiness to me? Um, not having to... Well, this will get it. Well, just not having to worry. Yeah. Like, honestly, not having to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Just living my life and enjoying enjoying life. Yeah. Just period. That's what happy, happiness is to me. And what does it mean to me? Like, happiness means everything. I mean, we're all striving for something. I'm not saying, like, I'm not happy right now or anything else because I'm not, you know, doing X, Y, X, y and Z. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's the journey, like falling in love with that journey, falling in love with the steps it takes to get there. And I feel like as long as you're, you know, as long as I'm on that journey, like I'm happy as well, but I yeah. know I'm just going to be 50 times happier once I hit that, that penultimate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just asked that. Cause I'm like in an interesting position myself. It's like, okay, I have this agency. Yes. I'm making some money with the agency, but am I fulfilled? And short answer is no with an agency, but I'm just trying to figure out what's next. Is that going full-time in YouTube podcasts and creating content for like personal content for a living and traveling, or is it going to schools and talking to kids about essentially this podcast, whole podcast conversation and talking to the 14 to 18 year old kids about this. So it's, I'm just in a very unique position right now where I'm trying to find out what's next and like what makes me truly happy. So I don't have a great answer for that besides like, yeah, you you need you need to love the journey, as cliche as that sounds, and you hit it on the head with that. Cool, man. <laughs> cool. Dude, I, I appreciate you having me on. Like, I appreciate I you doing this. Appreciate this so much. And uh let's let's definitely stay connected. Yeah, bro, for real. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Good.